Welcome to A Raw Perspective, A Fresh Point of View. I am your host, Rich and Anthony Wallace. Once again, on a fabulous Sunday, thank you again for taking the time to listen to me. If you haven't done so already, you can check out my new website at www.arawperspective.com is where you'll get all your latest podcast information. And if you want to go and look at my other social media endeavors, there are some links on the top right corner for you to click. Follow me. Send me a message. Give me some feedback. I'm more than happy to adjust where it needs to be. Today is a very exciting topic. It goes back to when I was 18 years old. <laughs> and this series is called College Life. It is the, the start of who I became, the maturation process of who Richard Anthony Wallace is today. And this is a four-part series which encompasses my freshman year at Hampton University, then my sophomore year transferring to the University of Illinois at Chicago, going into my junior year working in residence life as an RA, and then my senior year trying to figure out what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And there's going to be some takeaways, there's going to be some learning moments, teachable moments, learning nuggets. Those are some of the things that I want to share with you all today. And going back to the mind frame of an 18-year-old, I'm currently 30, going back to my 18-year-old mindset is completely different. So the message for today is do your research before jumping in full steam ahead. That is the takeaway today. Now you're probably wondering, what does that mean? Let me give you some backstory. Let me take you back to 2007, 2008, my senior year of high school. If you don't know where I originally was born and raised, well, I was raised, born and raised in the state of Illinois. Born in predominantly white suburbs my entire life. As far as families of color, maybe one or two. And... My family was one of those two, and everywhere that I lived, whether that be Elmhurst, Illinois, Addison, Illinois, Carroll Stream, Illinois, Bloomington, Illinois, and then where I consider my hometown, since this is the longest where I've lived anywhere, is Aurora, Illinois. And during that time, I was pretty much the only black male in most of my classes. There was a couple here and there, if you count gym and PE. <laughs> and that is not usually where you see a lot of your your black colleagues, black peers. I, I just didn't see too many black folks. So growing up, I had, you know, trying to navigate who I was with my sense of identity. Yeah, I was black and going to a predominantly white school. You had folks that said that they were blacker than you and you 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 talk white, you're an Oreo. These are the things that I had to subject myself during my, my time growing up into my senior year. And 
I just had it with with everybody. Like I, I was done. So there was a, a summer college tour that I went with uh, with Alpha Phi Alpha Journey Incorporated. It was actually hosted by one of my fraternity brothers. Uh, that we went on a college tour. We went on an HBCU college tour. HBCU stands for Historically Black Colleges and Universities. And during this time, we would go up the entire East Coast. So we went from Howard University all the way down to, I believe, Virginia Union coming back to Ohio at Central State University. Yeah, all that. And I I didn't know where where I was going to go because this is the summer before the senior year. And just went on this college tour just to, to get experience because I was getting a whole bunch of college letters stating, hey, come apply here from admissions. Little did I know what was, what was going on as far as admissions goes until I got into higher education. But that's another series for another time. And I, I received a letter from, from Hampton University from my recruiting officer, uh, Omar Harrod, saying, hey, come down to Hampton University. And I was like, oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go... Check it out. I wasn't really thinking about HBCUs. I didn't even know where I wanted to go. I think I was just going to go to Northern Illinois University because that's where my dad went. I still hadn't applied there, but it's where my dad went, and I was going to call it a day. But I went on this HBCU tour, checked out Howard University, campus Howard University. That was really cool. D.C. was cool. It it just wasn't wasn't my fit. Hindsight, though, if I would have went to Howard... I probably would have had a hell of a lot better experience. I might have probably been a father, but that that did not happen. <laughs> uh, went, went to Howard, thought that was cool, and then we get to Hampton University in Hampton, Virginia, and I get on the campus, and my mindset was at 17 was women. There was beautiful, attractive women on that campus. Like, my goodness. I was like, wow, I am just surrounded by just beautiful women. This is a person that's never, like, really kissed a girl officially. Like, you know, kiss on a cheek, maybe, like, second, third grade. I mean, I had, like, a a kiss on the lips from second, third grade, but nothing really serious. Never really had a real... Real girlfriend in high school, I was single, was bullied. I didn't I didn't have any any qualms of, of what what dating relationships were because I was I was always single. Um, like I didn't know if people liked me and in high school I had a whole bunch of insecurities and this was a time to reinvent myself. My father stated you get only a few times in your life to reinvent yourself. And this was another opportunity to reinvent myself, go to college. Uh, and I fell in love with campus because I was in lust. I was lusting after the women that were on campus who were probably going to be graduating because I didn't see them when I got on campus, but that's going to be for a later time. <laughs> but yeah, that I... I Solely from 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 the girls. I, I think I called my mother and father on the phone, and I was just like, 
dad, it's, it's 10 to one, mom, dad, it's 10 to one. I got to go. Boom. And my parents were confused about what is 10 to one. It was the ratio of women to men. There was 10 women to one dude as far as what was going on at, at Hampton. And I, I was sold. I was like, yep, this is where I want to go. I was hell bent on Hampton University. I was not going anywhere else. Private school, did not care. I'm going to Hampton. So all my senior year, I was like, in inside my head, I was like, forget this, these, these white folks here bullying me and stuff. I'm about to go to an all-black school. Blah, blah, blah. I'm about to go to Hampton. About to be Hampton Pirate. I started the whole Facebook group of incoming first-year students at Hampton on Facebook when Facebook was super popular to try and get connected with everybody on on Facebook when you had the Facebook groups and those were the big things back then happening in 2008. That was was the greatest thing that happened in, in... in 2000, I was the leader. I thought I was was somebody because I created the the Hampton 2008 freshman group, and that 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 was my that was my highlight <laughs> as far as as popularity when it came to my 18 year old mindset. My parents begged me to apply to other schools. I I went to a college fair and I just signed up for Bethune-Cookman knowing damn well I wasn't going to go to Bethune-Cookman. I didn't even apply to Northern. I was just hell-bent on going to Hampton University. And I got into Hampton. It was my, my one and done. I didn't have any backup plans, didn't do any other research on any other institutions. I went to Hampton full-fledged. And did a mini college tour of that. You know, they show you the best things on the college tour. And and I was saying, I'm going to Hampton. Uh, I wanted to do the pre-college thing, but my parents said they didn't have the money to get me to do the pre-college, which was take a summer course and get acclimated. So you would have friends and all of that. But I didn't do that. Uh, So we went in August when... School's usually start, and we made our trek that 17-hour, I don't know how long, it was a long road trip. That 17-hour road trip for me to get to Hampton. And we got there, I was scheduled to move into uh, Harkness Hall, was my, my freshman all-male dormitory. And I saw Harkness, and they showed us the good room, but when I got to Harkness Hall, man, it Cinder blocks everywhere, tile floors, fluorescent lighting. This was this was ugh. My my father had bought a fridge for me to use. Uh, the dorm director told us that we couldn't use the refrigerator <laughs> unless you had a medical situation. And my mom was like, "What the hell?" So I, we had to take back the fridge. I couldn't have a fridge on campus. You couldn't have a car on campus as a freshman. You have to wait the following year to have a car on campus. You were pretty much isolated. Uh, and my roommate, I forgot the dude's name. He was cool. I just don't remember. Brian, I think it was Brian. He was cool. He was from New Jersey. Um, he was a cool dude. I, I got to you know chop it up with him. I mean, I didn't have any real qualms with him. No issues with him at all. Uh, and... Got on campus, the room is just, ugh, it is what it is. Uh, 
And yeah, I'm in Harkness Hall, and I'm looking like, wow, this is this is the the place that they they sold us on. Okay, whatever. Uh, got to meet my RA. I forgot his name, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm on Hampton University's campus, and yeah, I'm there. I, I was like, man, this is not what they sold me on. But alas, uh, it was time to. Say goodbye to my parents. My dad was boohoo crying when when we left. When he left, and my mom's like, "If you ever need anything, we're a Skype call away." And it's like, I don't think I'm gonna be calling my mom. <laughs> uh, little did I know, 18 year old Richard now was going to be calling his mom a week later. And yeah, we get on campus first day of school, first day on campus. We get to meet with our RA to talk about the rules and regulations. The first thing that they told us, there was a curfew. Yes, a curfew. That means that you had to be outside in, in of the dormitory halls at 11 o'clock to sign in to make sure that you haven't gone anywhere on the weekdays. So that was, well, that was Sunday through Thursday. You had to be 11 o'clock. And then 1 a.m. on the weekends had to come back. So even if you were in your dorm room sleep, you had to wake up out of your sleep at 11 o'clock to go in and sign up. Or else you would get written up. That happened to me one time. And I was devastated. I had to go meet with the dorm director stating that I overslept. And I was in the room sleeping. My my roommate didn't, didn't wake me up. Uh... For me to to sign in and as far as visitation hours we didn't have visitation from from the ladies because they were in the in the, the women's dorm dormitory and this was an opportunity for us males to go talk to the women <laughs> but freshmen were on a curfew which i was like what curfew and we were mandated to go to like this hampton like church service on Sunday, even if you didn't practice the faith or, or anything. And yeah, we were forced to go to church on Sunday. Uh, you're supposed to take off your hat in, in the student center. Hampton man doesn't do this. There was a lot of things, a lot of nuances. It was very patriarchal society. Like a man does this, a woman does this. It's like, what are we in the fifties? Is this Stepford wives or something? And, yeah, just, there was a lot of restrictions during my times. So, I was like, all right, who are going to be my friends on campus? I was trying to make friends. I'm like, hey, I'm the one that made the Facebook group. That, that didn't fly. They, no one really cared. Everybody really stuck with their groups. I was the only person from the state of Illinois that did not have anybody to come from there in their high school. You had folks that came from, like, Whitney Young or... Or what, there's other institutions on campus. No, other institutions in the state of Illinois. I think the other school was, um, what was the other school? It was Marshall. Marshall. And, you know, coming from the Midwest and Aurora, nobody from the East Coast in Virginia, where everybody's from, the DNV is what they call it. D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. Or particularly, P.G. County, Maryland which is the richest black county, they let you know that every single day. So, I said I was from Chicago. 
Because no one's going to know where the hell Aurora is. And then the Chicago people got offended. Rightfully so. Because you ain't from Chicago. You from Aurora. I remember what that one girl said. That's how exactly how she said it. So ostracized by your, your Midwest folks from, from the Chicago area. Nobody from your high school came with you. So you're, you're batting over two. Let's let's talk about the, the ladies. You said that you would have been a ladies man at, at, at Howard University. You know, looking at myself at 18 years old, I had no no qualms of how to approach a woman <laughs> or how to have a conversation with a woman. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, the last girlfriend that I had was, in, from, from the 18-year-old perspective, was sixth grade. <laughs> and... Me making this whole Facebook thing, and the girls would would like message me, and they they got my phone number. This was when texting was was starting to become a big thing, and I was shy. I didn't even know how to talk to these these ladies because I was just freaking shy. Did not know how, so I lost my opportunities to speak with them. I spoke to one girl, uh, and we went to church together, where the RA actually drove us to church because um, he was actually speaking to. The, the roommate, because that's, that's what happens. Uh, juniors, seniors would talk to the freshmen, sophomores, because they had cars and they had clout. They'd been around campus. And being a freshman, you just at the bottom uh, of, of everything. So that didn't really transpire. Uh, the folks that were in Harkness Hall, like the, the, the folks... The residents in Harkness Hall were cool. It was the other RAs that were dicks and assholes. They would, like, pull pranks on people, make fun of people. Uh, and, yeah, they, they tried to punk me. And and I was like, man, I'm, I'm getting getting harassed, getting bullied. And the dorm director's like, don't let them punk you. It's like, what does that even mean? It's like, I can't fight because I'd get jumped not an idiot uh so i i I got bullied harassed uh smacked in the back of my head there was there was a lot of of bullying that took place in in harkness and i I look at it now like damn i was i was being freaking harassed on a constant and these were from upperclassmen uh and i i just had had no no qualms to to have an outlet. My roommate's like, just hang in there. You know, it, it gets better. I mean, he's from the East Coast, from New Jersey. So he, everybody from Jersey get along with everybody. Uh, first week of classes, the, the folks that were bullying me, they were in my classes too. There was a history class, African-American history class, where there was one question test. And I picked the wrong answer on the one question test. Uh, so I failed my first midterm at, at Hampton. Uh, and I, I did okay in my computer science course. My biology course was pretty easy. Uh, I was devastated about that history course. Um, so I went into the office hours. Just like I can't give you a new grade and whatnot, and I, I was I was devastated because my my mindset coming in at, at seventeen 
going to Hampton. I was going to be valedictorian, even though that, that doesn't exist at at the college level. You're either a summa cum laude, magna cum laude, or cum laude. I don't know what I was thinking. I was going to be the, the speaker. I had high aspirations. I was going to be a speaker. I was going to have a girlfriend. That was going to be my wife. And, yeah, I was going to, you know, join Alpha Alpha Trading Incorporated. It's the Gamma Iota chapter over there. And they weren't, I think everybody got suspended for the fall semester. So there was a Greek life on campus as well due to uh, hazing incidents that had transpired earlier. So I was like, what is going on? There was everything that I wanted to do was, was not popping. My, my only level of, of joy was, I guess, going to the recreation room where they had the pool table where the pool, the pool tables, the, the carpet on the pool tables was already scuffed up and the, uh, the cues, pool cues, they were all broken half. <laughs> it, it was messed up, man. Uh, so that was, that was my fun. And then the food was just. Ugh, I don't know how many variations of chicken and rice you can have. They had like jerk chicken, fried chicken, baked chicken, barbecue chicken, always with white rice. And I just got tired of the food, man. I was, I was, food was bad. Getting bullied. I I decided to call my mom uh, on Skype, and she would be my my voice of reason. Every night I said that I hated here. I wasn't wasn't doing anything. Uh, I, I was really wanting my mom during the time. Uh, I, I couldn't couldn't do anything. I was on a curfew, couldn't go anywhere. It was it was a hot mess. It was really hot mess. I, I was I was depressed. I was under depression, severe depression. Uh, only thing that I could do was get my grades up, and I I excelled in the political science introductory course. That was one thing that I do take credit, listen to my parents, just take general elective courses because if everything goes wrong, which it did, you can transfer out. And I didn't know what transfer was until about the end of the year. <laughs> um, but yeah, I my dad had came down for what they had the parents say. I didn't want my dad to come down because I, as, a, as a man, I was trying not to show my emotions and showing that I'm going through a hard time. I, I wasn't sleeping well, uh, but with parent permission, I was able to go off campus. He had a hotel and I slept for, I don't know how long, but I, that was the best sleep that I had in a while. This is, this is months, months in and, and yeah, still getting bullied, still doing all of that. Um, I told my dad the very last day that I was getting bullied and stuff, and dad went went ape shit, and I got a transfer to another dormitory, which is Pierce Hall, which is an honors dorm, and then I got my new roommate, uh, who's from PG County, Maryland, who was dick, <laughs> and that's all that I'll say. Because he would have people that would come into to the room late at night, and then they would always be talking and stuff. I'm like, I'm trying to sleep. That that didn't work. And then had his other friends around. They were just complete assholes, dicks. 
so I'm just surrounded by just dicks and curfew was, was all, all different. Like you, you had your curfew, still had to do that. <sighs> it was a lot, man. It was really a lot. The only thing that was like keeping me, me sane was, was my mom during that time. But I, I was at a breaking point, uh, moving, transitioning to another dormitory, and it still wasn't, I still wasn't able to, you know, make friends, make meaningful connections. It was, it was bad. It was really bad. Uh, so trigger warning, this is related to, to suicide ideation. Uh, so I just wanted to give you all that. I was at my breaking point when I moved to... Pierce Hall. Um, I was going to end my life, y'all. For real. I was going to go to the Hampton Bay because the, the school sets out on the sea and I was just going to go drift away in the bay and just have the sharks and whatever eating me alive. Uh, I was going to do that. Because during that time, nothing was going right. I, I didn't have any friends that I could connect with on campus. I... My grades were so-so, but in the midterms, I didn't do well at all during my midterms. My family was, like, miles and miles away. I, I was totally isolated, totally alone. Didn't have, didn't have anybody to, to, to lean on. And just before I was going to go do it, because I had set in my mind, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to... Take my life and just, you know, what was me? This is, it's been a good run, Richard. It's been a real good run. Uh, the RA from um, from Pierce, Pierce Hall said, Hey, you good, bro? I don't know if that's a godsend or the universe telling me something. Um, and I told him, Nah, I'm not good. And he's like, Just come away from the bay, man. Let's just go, let's go, uh, go to my room. And we'll go talk and stuff. Um, so, Chuck, Charles, Charles to save my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chuck saved my life, man. Uh, he was one of the RAs in, uh, in Pierce Hall. He was also from Jersey. Anybody that I've met from New Jersey has been good people. They have always been good people. Uh, I, I, am, I am grateful for Charles McAllister. Uh, he, he saved my life, um, and he, he became a good friend at, at Hampton, yeah, Charles was like six foot seven, <laughs> like real tall dude, um, and he became my friend, and he had his other buddy, uh, named Kendall, Kendall Robinson, uh, and... Kendall was was another another person that was on there, and he was from um, from the Detroit area. And these are the guys that 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 saved my life, and they became my friends. Yeah, they were juniors, uh, and they used to talk about how shitty Hampton University was, <laughs> as far as as the challenges that they had to deal with, and they're they're still here, and they just. Gave me a, a shoulder to, to vent. Like, I didn't really cry, but they were the ones that put me on Drake 
when that So Far Gone mixtape dropped. I remember Charles stating that he used to try and holler at Rihanna before Rihanna got big and famous. Because uh, she was out in like the, the New York area. And that would make sense. It's like, I had a chance to be with Rihanna. And I missed my chance. <laughs> and Kendall had a car. Uh, Kendall was like living in his car. Um, and then an opportunity came up when one of the RAs, I think, quit. And I became an RA in training. And I got my own room because I just wanted my own room. So I got my own room. <laughs> and Kendall became my the like de facto roommate so that he would be able to, you know, have a place to sleep and crash and, and do homework and stuff. Um, and then we would go to Chuck's room, um, and we would play, uh, rock band. Rock band was, was the thing back on the PS3. Uh, <laughs> and life became a little bit better after that. Um, I had finally found my, my friend group. They really got me through some some really tough times, man. Um, going from suicide ideation to to having friends. I, I wasn't gonna come back to to Hampton. Like after my first semester, I pretty much packed up my entire room, and I don't know how I, it was fifty pounds. I don't even know if there was a weight limit for for the plane ride back, but. Yeah, my mom was like, no, you going back to that school. And I was like, I ain't going back to that shitty-ass school. Blah, blah, blah. And my mom was like, all that money that we put in, you going back for one more semester. And you only get one transfer. So if you want to transfer, you need to, you only have one transfer. And you better make it count. And so I went back. I still had my friend group with, with Kendall and Chuck. They came back for the second semester. I was able to go to get McDonald's and get like McChickens with cheese and stuff because I was going to have different variation of chicken and not just regular ass chicken and white rice. I was going to have french fries as well. So I was grateful. <laughs> Extremely grateful for Kendall having a car. And then the rock band conversations would, would happen. We would listen to Drake and call him Grassy Man. Who's this the Grassy Man? Because... Drake was on Degrassi, and I was I was excelling in, in school because I had an out, and I was trying to get out. And things were starting to, to, to change a new leaf. I wasn't thinking about having friends. I didn't even go to a college party. I think I only went to one college party, and that was like during my second semester. And I'm like, oh, people drinking underage this is my 18 year old mindset oh wow i did not know that that is that is interesting um yeah i i, I was i was blown and then i got to visit other colleges i went to barack obama's inauguration now the only good highlight that i will say was when obama got elected as president Curfew went out the door. Curfew was lifted, I believe, after homecoming. But curfew went out the window. Like, people were ghost riding the whip. People were going around the campus, honking the horns. This was the most jubilation that I've seen out of black people, period. This was just like the black messiah that was going to save the world. Like, racism was over. And back when Obama got elected. And, I mean, we, we all know that. 
that's not true. But yeah, it was such jubilation, such passion, energy. That was the happiest moment that I had was when Obama got elected president um, on campus because everybody had a common goal being black. And we saw a person, black, take the highest position in office. And that was a highlight. And then I got an opportunity to go to his inauguration and go visit my friend Alex from high school. And I went to George Washington University and they didn't have a curfew. I was like, wait, y'all don't have curfew? And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? There's no curfew. <laughs> and yeah, you can just go and go when you please. Like, I just got a, a guest pass and I was, you know... I had a sleeping bag and I slept on his college dorm room and yeah, I, I got food poisoning from taking, I was eating some food, I think it was like Chinese and I had food poisoning and then I was at some DC hospital <laughs> for food poisoning and Alex came all the way to uh, come check up on me because I was at the Union Station and I just like passed out and they took me in, a, in the ambulance. Yeah, I, I had food poisoning, <laughs> and Alex came and, and saved me from that. But I got to see Obama. Um, I got to see him during the inauguration. I was in D.C. They had the little Titan Trons where you can see on the television because you couldn't get not only can get as as far, but I was there. Uh, it was a, a joyous, momentous occasion that I will be able to share with, with my kids, of you know, whenever that day happens. Um, that, that was a great time. I, I had had my taxi service to take me to the train station, take me to the train station back. It was all lined up. I was, it was great. I, I away from Hampton was, was a better experience, but I was, I was tired of, of, of Hampton. I, Wanted to come back to my, my lesson of doing your research. So I did do my research. Uh, I only had one transfer and one transfer only. And I decided to go where my high school friends were going to college. I decided to transfer to the University of Illinois at Chicago thinking that your friends would be your friends in, in college. You know, that that's why I went to UIC. I... I I had left Hampton University with all general elective courses with a 4.0. All, I had straight A's for both of my semesters. Even after the debacle with me failing that history course my first semester, I got all straight A's because I had motivation to get out. I, I was getting out. I had an out. And I, I had a goal to, to lift in. So I, I was excelling every single class. Straight A's and everything. I don't know if it was because of the curriculum that I was taught in high school. Because I wasn't really being challenged at, at that institution. And granted, those were like entry-level courses. But I was not really being challenged at that institution. And I was ready to go and I was ready to leave and the day had finally come for me to leave and my dad helped me pack up my room in in the truck and when we got in that car I just 
busted down crying like a weight was lifted off of my shoulders. I was an emotional wreck. A truly emotional wreck for an entire year where I only had two friends that were juniors and juniors and I was leaving them and I, I was tired. I was... I, I went through a lot uh, from an emotional standpoint of me being 18 years old. And not to mention, um, there was other things that had transpired. You know, before there was social media, there was this juicy campus thing where there was like a anonymous thing where you can go and talk shit about people. You know, that, that people were being ridiculed, persecuted. I mean, there was violence that was happening on campus like there was a school shooting that happened on the campus like there was a lot that happened on on that campus and I survived my freshman year and the lesson that I learned was do your research and the other lesson is not all skin folk are kin folk just because they're black don't mean that they got your back and I I realized that during the the first year that I had uh yeah I Hampton was definitely a a growing moment for me it was probably the the toughest growing pain that I had to experience in in my life uh now if now whenever I, I get some accolades and, and clout. Will Hampton come back and be like, oh, this person went to our school. Would you like to come back and do something? Yeah, I'll come back and, you know, talk about my story from my first year. Um, I mean, Hampton was definitely the stepping stone for me to mature at, as an individual. Being sheltered in a two-parent household and going on my own. Had to do a lot of growing up, a lot of adjusting. And I, I did that. Was it rough at times? Yeah, that first semester I was about to kill myself. Like I was I was ready to, to end it all. But I'm here for a reason and now I'm in my thirties I I have so much more joy in, in my life and I would definitely say that without that life lesson at Hampton University I wouldn't be the person that I am today. Uh, and I was... I, I, I want to thank Hampton. And I can say that now. Thank you for, for growing me up. Thank you for the challenges that I have experienced at Hampton. Uh, I, I, I'm i glad that that chapter is over and that I have moved on from that chapter. It was it was a it was a time and a season, and that time and season has has, has transpired. And I, I am grateful for Kendall Robinson and Charles McAllister for being my friends. I know we haven't been in contact in a minute. I don't even know if Chuck is still still around. I know he don't use Facebook like that. I know Kendall's still around. He's in Houston. Uh, but I want to thank those brothers for for saving my life. Getting me McDonald's, <laughs> talking about that grassy man, and helping me move on into my next phase, which is my sophomore year, transferring. <laughs> Whew, you thought Hampton was a whirlwind. Let me tell you about UIC.
But we're going to stop that podcast for this. This was my freshman year. Again, the lessons that I took away from this. Do your research. And not all skin folk are kin folk. So tune in next week for another exciting adventure of this college life series. Going into my sophomore year at the University of Illinois at Chicago. I'm looking forward to talking about my UIC days. <laughs> there, were, there were good days. There were good days. It was definitely a, a 180 from what I experienced at Hampton University. But there are some stories. <laughs> There's definitely some stories that, that, that I can just sit back and laugh at. Uh, so until next time. My name is Richard Anthony Wallace. This is a raw perspective. Peace.